One Week Season. Welcome to the OWS Assessing Your Process podcast. With me, Beefritz12. I'm Ben, and we're going to be hanging out in the next, I don't know, 45 minutes or so, talking about process, assessing process on a weekly basis. I'm going to go over my lineup from this past weekend. I'm also going to continue talking about some things, these higher level, bigger picture things that we've been talking about in terms of growing as a DFS player, how to navigate cold streaks, being objective to our play and our situation and doing what is best for us in the long term. Again, as a DFS player and what our goals are. So welcome. Thanks for coming to hang out with me. I'm excited to do this for those of you that are live here in the OWS Discord. I believe I got our sound issues figured out. (laughs) The past two weeks have had issues uh, bringing people up here on stage, but I think we're fixed there and ready to go. Shout out to Tenacious D who offered to help after we had some issues last time and we yeah, got on a call, troubleshooted that and we're we're good to go. So shout out to to him. Just love this community. Shout out to you guys as a whole, because I'm actually going to bring in um, something else from a, a conversation I had with. Uh, another individual in the community and you know just wanted to to quickly say uh, a little bit of gratitude for the OWS fam you guys are are truly the best in this space um not just the the sharpest and the most willing to grow but also uh, just good people in this space and that's uh, a hard thing to find not only in the industry but in the the world at large good good communities are uh, a really powerful thing to have so so a little shout out to you guys there and with that let's kind of jump into where we're at after week 10 week 10 uh was a little bit of an interesting week in that we we still continued a little bit of uh, some things that su- surprised us, and I'll I'll get to that in a second because there's I, I know for us here at LWS there was a, sp- a specific game that I'm thinking about that I I built around, and judging by going in some of the channels, uh, some of you built around quite a bit too, and was being talked about. Uh, so, you know, still had some some variants this week, maybe not quite as crazy as these, uh, the, you know, weeks nine and weeks eight. Um, but yeah, with that, I'll quickly go into what my lineup looked like and then we'll I'll, I'll zoom back out and talk a little bit more high level stuff in terms of 
where I've been at and uh, hopefully continue to uh, shed some more light on how I'm handling the situation, but also give some more value around that because you guys have responded really well to or I've had uh, some some, you know, really great feedback from the things that I've shared recently. But let's let's get into the lineup. Uh, those of you that have joined me recently in the past couple of weeks know that, or especially last week, know that I scaled back my play this past week. Um, I was really just approaching it as having some fun, you know, basically took it as a, a bye week of sorts. I really just wanted to decompress a little bit and take any pressure off myself. I talked about, yeah, kind of like uh, related it to having the yips and just feel like while my, I've, I've felt pretty good about my process for the most part this year, results still haven't paired themselves out. And that's been a struggle mentally just to continue to see this week in and week out. So this past week took a little bit of a break. I did uh, did play a little bit here and there, but it was purely just for fun and something that I did, which I actually saw some of you talking about in uh, Discord here as well, is I totally built in a bubble this week. I didn't, uh, I basically took like my initial thoughts from the week and just kind of like built based on those, had some fun with it, you know, I have a very specific structure for my process, like week in and week out. I have every day I do a specific set. You know, I spend an hour doing a first look. The You know, the next day I spend an hour going a little bit deeper. Um, so I have like a very regimented way that I go about this. But last week I totally backed off of that and just kind of went with what felt good. And I pretty much just ran with creating some lineups based on my my first look last week and before i jump into the lineup here one thing that i learned just from doing that was that i actually think my the the first look that i've been doing that i do on like tuesday or wednesday evenings is has been a little bit too in depth what i mean by that is it's uh, and I'm already kind of diving into the games deeper than I need to. JM outlined this in a, a really powerful way. I think it was on one of the inner circle segments uh, like two weeks ago. And he just really quickly walked through, like walking through each game and from a high level, what he saw was seeing from that and kind of like noting down plays. And then he continued to like drill down from there. And so that was kind of what I ended up doing this week. And because I did that, I got this pretty short list of plays that I liked rather than some write up for myself that was already like relatively in depth and getting into the weeds of things. And so that helped me start the week from a place where I already knew where I, I, you know, the, the spots that I liked, I had highlighted them in what I wrote down. So it was very clear to skimming over it, uh, which spots I liked, which spots I was considering. And so it kind of brings me to the, the, the lineup, which for me, uh, I mention it all the time on here, but I am a 
small field, single entry player. So, you know, just giving context for how I build because you should always be considering how you're building your lineups based on the contest that you're entering. My lineup was Tom Brady, Najee Harris, Mark Ingram, Mike Evans, Tyler Johnson, Cole Beasley, Ricky Seals Jones, Christian McCaffrey, and Panthers defense. So, one of the things that I had noted, and this kind of followed from the first peak podcast that I did with Lex and Majestic last week. If you listened, uh, you knew that we liked the Tampa Bay spot versus Washington. And that this is what I was referencing earlier when I said this is kind of the, the one spot that was a like a highly variant outcome. Uh, but unfortunately, was kind of like where where I, we, OWS was. Had some focus on and like I said, I noticed a lot of you guys in the discord here focused on this spot as well. And so, the, you know, just from a high level, understanding that. If you went there, th- your process was good. Your process was solid based on the the slate and based on how, you know, the most likely outcome of that game. This was a, a pretty um, high variance outcome. This is not something that was, you know, most likely for number one for Washington to win. Um, but then for Brady to not produce, pre- you know, pretty solidly against what has been, you know, one of, if not the league's worst secondaries is just something that, you know, we can't account for. It's only going to happen a handful of times out of a hundred. So that was where I built my roster. So like I said, that was a, I had Brady Evans and Tyler Johnson. I, I liked, like I said, I liked Brady a lot in this spot. Brady is normally somebody that I would play naked. I don't, especially as a single entry player, I don't try to guess pass catchers, but as we outlined a bit on the first peak pod last week and was talked about at OWS uh, with Godwin questionable Evans and Gronk out uh, really liked Evans in that spot. And then Tyler Johnson was also interesting at near min price. I will say if this was a normal week for me and I was spending more time on it, I probably would have reconsidered Tyler Johnson. I was still somewhat interested in him if Godwin was going to go. I figured Godwin might be somewhat limited. And so I still wasn't completely writing uh, Tyler Johnson off, but I may have moved off of him with that considered with Godwin in. I thought he was a a very strong play with Godwin out, but not nearly quite that with Godwin in. Uh, And then I brought that back with RSJ. Again, game flow didn't work in this direction, and he actually ended up getting injured in the first half, but still had a handful of targets. I think it was a good process play. He got six points uh, before going out with an injury. And, you know, if this game does play out the the most likely way or even second most likely way with the Tampa Bay getting out to a big lead or this game being 
you know, competitive, but Tampa Bay leading throughout. Ricky Seals Jones is, you know, one of three pass catchers who is relevant on that offense. Ironically, uh, McKissick actually didn't get much work either, which is pretty surprising to me in hindsight. But I felt I felt pretty good about that at tight end. I didn't love any other spots. I thought there were other viable spots for sure. Also a handful in the in that price range. Uh, Hunter Henry was a good play, but he still kind of, you know, he he still fell into two touchdowns, which ended up getting him a really good score. Uh, there was somebody else. I'm totally blanking off the top of my head who it was, but who had two touchdowns. He was like a solid play, but again, had his score buoyed by that. Um, so anyways, yeah, I was I was OK with. RSJ there, so that was my my game stack. I felt really good about the the volume that that gave me from those guys, which is always something that I'm looking for with a small field single entry build. And then I felt really strong about running backs as well. Mark Ingram, again, talked about this on the first peak pod. I really liked him in a spot where Camaro's out and they just really didn't have anybody else. Uh, Didn't think he was a smash play by any means, but thought that he could you know, definitely get in the end zone, should have solid work for somebody at 4,500. I, again, I didn't actually think too much into Dernis Johnson, which hopefully I would have if I had had um, or if I'd spent more time on this slate this past week. Uh, Another solid play there. Uh, You know, those guys both got there. And yeah, had had really nice days. And then. Najee Harris and Christian McCaffrey were my other two running backs. So higher price guys I liked in this spot playing two high price running backs, which is has not really been a plus EV or optimal way to build this year. Just the way that running backs, you know, the way that the position looks this year and the way that these guys are producing because we don't have full like bell cow backs. But these two guys do fit that they were both in good positions in terms of Najee Harris's uh, matchup. You got, uh, you know, Big Ben's out. So I Mason Rudolph at quarterback, uh, just a, a good spot for him to see a lot of touches and produce. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I was I fully wanted to play CMC with his price being what it was. And he already got solid usage last week. I was pretty much wanted to be like all in on him. If I was uh, like mass multi-entering, I would want to be heavily overweight on him. Just a buy low opportunity, really. And his 26 points were low, considering that he got stopped at the one twice. Uh, missed the the bonus by a couple yards. So just, I mean, you know, massive 35 to 40 point upside for him. So really like the process there. Uh, yeah. Again, with it, a lot of times for tourneys, you don't necessarily want to go three running backs, but I thought with the ceiling these guys offered and having kind of a 
some of these not uh, or guys that don't have as high ceiling at receiver. Some of those guys weren't on the main slate here. I was okay rolling out a uh, a running back in the flex again, specifically because I play smaller fields. But um, that was the the running back situation that I liked, and then my kind of the, you know the only two floating plays were defense, of course which I went with the Panthers, which I felt pretty good about. They've been a solid defense all year playing against Colt McCoy. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to, based on my build, I was going to have to go uh, towards the lower end on defense, and I liked them in that spot there. Cole Beasley was my my floater at wide receiver, and... I was between him and Jerry Judy. I, you know, it's it's to to have Beasley put up three point five when Buffalo scores forty five is kind of you know basically if if somebody was telling you Buffalo is scoring forty five, you're probably going to be feel pretty good about paying five k or around five k. I think it was like low five k for Beasley in that spot. So, you know, him getting a few targets, Manny Sanders only getting a few targets, and then you have three running backs from the Bills, I believe it was, who are scoring touchdowns. While it makes sense, given the matchup against the 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 Jets, who have just kind of been hemorrhaging running back production, uh, not something you expect from the Bills. So don't love it or hate it necessarily. I liked Judy as well because I liked his potential for volume and the way that he set up against a Philadelphia defense that filters targets to the short areas. And then, you know, he's always got upside because of, uh, you know, he can get open for one, which is, you know, hugely important. And he's got that volume underneath, but then uh, always has a chance to make a play with the ball in his hands too. So that was, I lost a couple points there. I think Judy had close to 12. So like nine points or so there. Uh, the roster overall finished at 122.6. Said if I had thrown Judy in there instead, it would have finished low 130s. Um, so the overall takeaway here, which by the way, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't throw in my document link into the reflection channel here because I did not do it. Similar, similarly to last week, kind of coming off of my bye week, uh, didn't. Didn't feel the need to go fully in depth here. I should be back on it this this week, though. So for any of you in the OWS community, you can access that through OWS Collective, both to see my thoughts as well as to make a copy for yourself. So that was the lineup. Uh, yeah, like I said, the high level thoughts. I, I liked how I built. I built around a game that I liked. Didn't go well which again, as we talked about, is a pretty, uh, you know, definitely some variance that struck there. And then one of the only other things I maybe would have done on a week where I was putting in more time was to consider Dernis Johnson and don't even really know what I would have done with him because, like I said, I kind of liked the build of going to higher priced running backs here just to be a little bit different, provide some leverage on the field, who was likely going to be going 
one, if not two, low-priced value guys, which, yes, they were good plays, they were good chalk, but as Hilo always hits on when he talks about leverage, the easiest way to create that leverage in tournaments is to have a different build, a different construction. And so, yeah, I like those uh, high-priced guys. But that's... So that's kind of where... I was at this week with my roster. Uh, I'll open it up here in just a, a handful of minutes to to you guys who are here live. You can ask me any questions you want. Uh, happy to field your comments or questions about your lineup, your process, anything that you've got for me. But before we get to that, just wanted to zoom out like I said, and uh, kind of look at this week for me in the context of what this season has been, the past few weeks have been, and how I'm going about that. Because as I said, uh, I've gotten some good feedback in terms of it being really helpful to to hear how, how I'm navigating this. And so I talked about it last week, but basically been a, a rough season overall for me. It's been a brutal last couple of weeks and so i this past week was just like okay i need to like take a little breather here need to kind of uh just like step back i'm I'm feeling like i'm losing a little bit of focus i'm i'm losing a little bit of the energy to like really hit this hard feeling a little bit discouraged like you know just being very honest with myself and where i'm at and so, yeah, I made a decision to take a, a quote unquote bye week last week, hang out, uh, just get back to, you know, taking some nights off, spending some more time watching Netflix with the wife, which is something that doesn't happen a ton during football season. I don't have kids yet, like a lot of you guys. So uh, I my my time not spent on football is actually I was able to use as downtime. Uh, but yeah, so that was, it was really nice to just do that and to kind of unplug from some of you guys that I talked to in, uh, the personal messages too, you know, I didn't get back to you guys right away. And it's kind of just noted, like, appreciate you giving me the space. Cause I really kind of unplugged from all of it and it was the right call, which, you know, which is why I'm sharing this is, you know, I kind of had that awareness, like, okay, I know myself enough to know that stepping back will re-energize me a little bit. It will give me the space to feel excited about this again, to take a little mental break from um, just feeling like beat down from what my results have been recently because, you know, the reality of the situation is we can, you know, do this really important piece of being a DFS player, which is assessing your process objectively, knowing or understanding that your process is pretty solid week in and week out. Like you're human, you're going to make mistakes, but overall, you're a pretty sharp player. Like all that is is fine and good, but at the end of the day, we're we're still human. And so even if you know your process is pretty sharp and even if you know it's just results that aren't quite bearing themselves out yet, it's still really beneficial and really meaningful to 
take that space when you need it. And so that felt really good, feeling really good about it. This week, talked about it last week, but essentially my what I did was I just played for fun, threw in some really low dollar stuff, so it wasn't worrying about bankroll. Uh, and yeah, just like having fun with it. And I actually, on the, uh, what was it? The, at the afternoon slate, I came in fifth out of 118 people. It was literally a $1 <laughs> like, uh, attorney. So, you know, I won, I won a, a whopping $5. So $4 profit there. Awesome. But no, seriously to, to do that it felt really good, right? Just because I I was having fun with it. I wasn't trying to push myself in any way, but you have that result there where it's like, okay, I came in fifth out of 118. I know that I have what it takes. I know that I can build rosters that have a shot at first place. Uh, I actually had, I think it was, I think it might've been on the, uh, the Thursday showdown slate. I actually had, decent finishes for um some some tournaments there too so again just like these having these instances of reaffirming like okay like you still it's there you're capable of it just hasn't hit yet continue to go at it and i do think that taking some of the pressure off and allowing myself to just kind of have some fun with it and flow was part of the reason I was loose enough to be able to do that. One of the things that I wanted to share from conversation I was having shout out to smart plays here he shared a bunch of really awesome stuff with me. We were bouncing some things back and forth he used to play poker and so we were talking some stuff dfs and betting in general and just how hard it is like you can show up and you can be genuinely sharp or relatively sharp and you can still lose a lot you can still throw a lot of money out there week in and week out and the results you know, won't bear themselves out in what is the relatively small sample size of the NFL season. And one of the things that he said that I, I really love the way he put it, and I feel like encapsulates DFS perfectly, is this is a very hard way to make an easy living. And that line just really stuck with me because it is so true it is so true and because of that if we are not being really intentional about the way that we are approaching it and our play style and how we are relating to that and our mental state how how we're responding mentally emotionally we're like that sets the stage for what what dfs ends up becoming for us and so as i was sitting with that and kind of like processing this after my 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 bye week was it's so incredibly important to 
make short term decisions that best impact the long term goal or or vision or mission or whatever it is. It's critical to do that. And that's something that many people won't do because it's too easy to get wrapped up in what's happening right now, what's happening tomorrow, uh, you know, wanting to get back to it right away or make up your losses. Uh, But this also translates to all areas of life as well. And if you continually are doing things for the short term and you're being reactive, it's it can be very, very difficult to attain your long term goal. And so it's kind of wanted to throw that out there. And just kind of really encourage you to be really aware and intentional about understanding your long term goals as a DFS player. Is your goal to win the Millie someday? Is your goal simply to have a sustainable, bankable uh, ROI from DFS so that you can play not only because you enjoy it, but because you can actually bank on it and create some freedom in your life somehow, some way because of that. Knowing those things is really important because if those are your goals and you're not just in this to make a quick buck or win a tournament this weekend, then doing things like taking a week off, two weeks off, a month off maybe can be really, really impactful. And that's really hard to do within a short, small sample size that we get with NFL. But it can be really, really critical. So basically what I'm saying is I'm fully expecting to bink by the end of the year and everything's going to be great. (laughs) Um, But no, I'm essentially setting myself up for success, right? Like that's the idea here is that we are setting ourselves up for success by doing what's best in the short term for the long-term goals. All right, that was what I wanted to talk about from a high level. Let me see if I got anything else here. Check my notes. Um, I pretty much hit on what I wanted to there. That was kind of the the, the big thing that I wanted to talk about today. Uh, I'm going to open it up here to anybody that wants to come up on stage. And like I said, feel like I got my sound issues figured out or I at least know what to do about it if not. So go ahead. You can raise your hand. Come up here. We'll we'll jam on whatever you want. We got questions about my process, either the my lineup from this week or just my, you know, the things I've been talking about from a, a higher level. Or if you want to share some stuff about your lineup and your process, then go for it. All right, Forte, let's get you up here. Hey, Ben. Hey, what's going on? Hey, thanks for doing this. Um, I'm looking at the Redskins and the Panthers game. What do you think of, I guess, Washington's uh, defense 
against Cam. Um, personally, I don't think Rivera has chops to really stop Cam. I don't think he's like a Belichick level to really um, stop Cam. Yeah, I think while I haven't looked too far ahead, the I think the immediate thing I would just say is I think it's still hard to know who the Panthers are and how they're going to use Cam. Uh, they've kind of had a hard time figuring out their identity and producing this year. So that would be, I, I think it's less of a question of matchup because I, you know, I agree from that perspective that, uh, you know, I, I think Washington is attackable. It's more just a matter of how will the Panthers try to attack with Cam. So um, that's that's my my high level thought there is and more more along the lines of like, what will the Panthers do or how they, are they going to use him? I think it's almost guaranteed that he will start, right? I would think so at this point. Like I said, I haven't fully plugged back into news and things, kind of getting back to that today. Um, I would imagine at this point, after giving him another week, I, I can't really see them. You know, they don't want to play PJ Walker, so I would imagine he gets a full workload, yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. Glad to be able to actually speak here. <laughs> I know we had issues. I think it was two weeks ago you came up here. So thanks for, for joining and hanging out. All right. Anybody else? Feel free to come on up here. Aaron, all right. I see you. Let's get you up here. Aaron, nice to have you back. What's going on, man? Hey, you no, know, I just um, have a question. And my and yeah. I wanted to share about my results and process and, and what I kind of realized for myself. Um, so I'll just kind of start off with that. So, um, so before I was playing like one of those, a lot of those $1 entries that you're, that you're just referring to, you know, I was, I was playing like eight to 10 lineups and then I, my player pool was like real stretched, like really big. Yep. So, I found a tournament actually, a three entry max, you know, that would be right around the same amount of money I allocated for GPPs. Um, and so I've been playing the last couple of weeks and um, I just feel like that helps me condense my player pool a lot because I only got, you know, three entries. And um, yeah, so I just want to kind of share that maybe it's, you know, somebody help find that useful and then i'm not like as stressed as you know i'll have to create eight you know different unique lineups i think if i can just start creating three really good lineups with you know a small amount of players you know a couple of stacks and whatnot and you know just kind of grow from there i think um it's just a lot less pressure a lot less stress in trying to load eight different lineups and trying to you know make them all different you know so um fun to yeah share. Nice, man. Yeah, I love that because I know we had been talking because you had asked that. I like, you know, I have like a dozen running backs. Like, how, how am I? How do I narrow that down? Uh, I, I love that, though. I think that's a a great way to, you know, you're just kind of forcing yourself to, to, to pick and choose more. Right. I think that is definitely especially for for a lot of players uh, but especially when you're still really trying to build a process that 
is you know bankable that you know that works and that you feel really strongly about it is really hard when you're spreading yourself out over a lot of rosters and that's i i always uh recommend or encourage players to try to to try to play single entry or to to play three max because it just by the nature of it forces you to just to dig in more and to really prioritize those plays and i think a lot of people don't do it because it's hard right because you do have i I was just uh talking with somebody in one of the threads i think it was yesterday who mentioned that he had actually recently pulled his play from going from like from 10 rosters to three and the just like the immediate fomo that's there but it, it which makes sense it makes sense if you've been building with this larger player pool but as you know kind of fits like what we're talking about today too uh just kind of the general topic of doing things in the short term to benefit the long term for yourself and this very much falls in that bucket of like yeah maybe you struggle with it at first it feels uncomfortable but in the long run this is going to be something that's really beneficial because you're you're kind of working this muscle of how to narrow that down so i i love that man sounds like a a great move for you yeah my my goal is to get into the 150 and if i'm struggling with eight rosters you know what the heck is going to happen when i get try to do 150 rosters. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So that's one, one thing I wanted to share that I kind of realized over the last couple of weeks, um, you know, as far as my play and whatnot, um, last week, yeah, I, I, I lost, you know, I got some money back, but the week before I made a profit when everybody lost, it seemed like, and so I, I watch a lot of process review shows. So, and it doesn't seem like far, I'm far off from like, you know, sustainable success. I mean, I lost my 50 fifties by maybe like just a couple of points. You know, and you know, had one player maybe Devontae catch the caught a touchdown or something. You know, super common that could happen. You know, I, I was off by it didn't happen, right? It, that thing that was the theme last week. Uh, so my main question is, you you would mention about you know building rosters that you're confident that you can get into the top one percent, just give you a shot at at first place. Um, is there any particular um? you know thoughts that go into that or do you have like um because i'm more of a process person because i'm a programmer um by by nature so i have to have like is everything's like almost like black and white for me so like having you know a um roster that's you know x amount of ownership percentage or something like that Do you have anything that 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 you actually follow or or is it more of like a kind of art kind of thing yeah great question it's really important to kind of help gauge yourself like if you're you know on the right track or whatever um for me it is uh more more along the lines of an art and this is you know specific to my play style i know there are plenty of guys who who really do kind of rely on um the ownership projections and kind of cumulative ownership and keeping it under you know like 150 or something like that um i forget what it is that uh you know they've kind of sussed out in the data that's gives you as like plus ev um but from a a high level it's it's so first and foremost we've talked about that this in this space a handful and and again it was really cool to see in the the channels 
in chat this week that people were talking about building in a bubble and thinking for themselves. And I always strongly recommend JM talked about this a few weeks ago, just by the nature of the way that you think about things. If you can do that first, we're we're almost always going to be seeing things in a way that's unique, maybe not completely, but in a way that's slightly. So always encourage that. It's something that uh, I really lean into for my own play style. I really don't rely on ownership projections too heavily unless there's a week where I have a lot of toss ups or, or guys that I feel like could be equal. Then I kind of go to ownership to, you know, maybe go to the lesser guy for more of a strategy thing. But um, the other side of it is to to look at ownership and just notice those things and look at the you know, like maybe you have plays that you feel are really strong and so does the field and the ownership reflects that. But maybe then you also have plays that aren't quite that strong. They're kind of like a, a tick below that or a tier below that. But then the the ownership, there's like a massive drop off. Those are guys then that you can uh, guys or spots, because, again, building cohesive rosters as a whole is important. Uh, those are places that you can look to to differentiate if it is easier for you to look at numbers and see things that way. Um, and then, yeah, the other thing would just be <clears throat> kind of like. Overstacking a game is oftentimes going to differentiate you. Uh, a little bit more so than the field, um, so that's just kind of a, a way a specific way that you can can do so um but yes so that, those were all my talking points but it is still more of an art to to me at least in the way that i play yeah that's yeah that's that's why i was kind of thinking um like myself is like i just gotta kind of like see how I like to play and kind of match that up with, you know, picking players in the right spots. And yeah. Okay. So I mean, I don't want to get into too much detail, but yeah, it's the thank you. I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah. The Cam Newton thing, um, they're prepping him like he's going to be the starter, but it wasn't really officially named. So I just throw that in there. So um, yeah. I don't have anything else. Appreciate it. Cool, man. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like I said, thanks for coming back. Nice to see familiar faces in here. Um, yeah, the only other thing I was going to say on that was, you know, it's like usually kind of like a general rule. If you have a couple like high owned guys in your lineup, as long as you have a handful of guys that are are lower owned or used together in a way that's going to be lower owned. I think that's always a strategy that's uh, people kind of miss read or understand like how much that will differentiate you um so like the cumulative ownership of a block and so it's like yeah if travis kelsey is going to be 30 percent owned this week but mahomes kelsey and tyreek are only going to be 10 percent owned all three of them or or even less or whatever then that makes it more viable so that's always like a strategy that is pretty underrated in terms of um, using spots or, or blocks of guys that people aren't on that can use popular plays. All right. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, guys, we got a couple more minutes here. If anybody else wants to come up and jam. Yeah, just to, oh, we got Tenacious D here. Just a final point on that. Uh, always a process, right? Just to like get used to something, try things out, experiment, and see what works for you. Um, just, yeah, allowing yourself space to to experiment instead of necessarily trying to latch on to the way that somebody else does it or approaches it is um, always important. Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, not much. Um, I just wanted to chip in here on Aaron's question um, in regards to like single entry and yeah. three marks. Um, because I think it is something that, um, at least here on, on OWS, um, people, if you guys are, are on this call or, or have made it this far in the season and you guys, you guys are tuned in and you, you guys are, you know, whether it's obvious or not, you know, you guys are being trained to build differently week in and week out. And so, Really, if you're building differently, you don't need to worry about ownership percentage. You'll be very surprised by if you do take that leap of faith and just trust yourself and build in a bubble, you'll be very surprised how different your rosters are going to look than the quote unquote chalk every week. And so really, it's the hardest thing is being able to um, trust the knowledge that you've accumulated and have that leap of faith in yourself to actually let go of, you know, who does everybody think I should play and just answer that question for yourself. Um, and, you know, I guess as an extension onto that, you know, what <clears throat> we've been sort of this, this uh, all encompassing theme of like, you know, fun and we're in the mid season grind and people aren't seeing results and this is tough and all that stuff. Like if you, uh, the secret really is like, if you guys don't like, if you guys need good results in order to have fun with this, you will not succeed. And that's because the secret sauce is in the process. If you guys enjoy building rosters and being analytical and building differently, like I know you guys do, because otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this stuff or be an OWS member. Um, the results will come, but the, the fun should be in the process. And if it isn't, then you will not see success. Um, and un unfortunately, if you just keep chasing those results, it will, it will just become more and more hard to get um, because you're not coming from a, a place of, um, of good energy. Not to sound too out pie in the sky, holistic, but that's kind of my, my take on things, if you will. If there's a, a secret to um, DFS mentality, and uh, especially this far in the year, um, try, if you haven't seen results, trying to stick with it. Um, and actually my, my hat's off to you for, um, being able to take a step back on a week where if you guys aren't feeling it, then that's your brain saying, okay, I should probably just take a slate off. 
there's there's no damage that's going to be done by taking a slate off. Sometimes it can be the best medicine to just get some fresh air and come back at it with a full head of steam the next week. Um, because that's what's needed in order to win. You've got to you've got to want it and you've got to you've got to be very um inspired when you're doing it. If you're just going through the motions hoping things will just happen just because it just never will. So that was all I had. Um, sorry for going on the diatribe, but I got, I got to get out of here and get back to, uh, to um, a work call. So uh, I'll drop off. I just wanted to throw that out there and um, also just, yeah, just give everyone a vote of confidence that, you know, it, it is a very tough season. It's, there's been, it's been a very wild year. You hear it, you know, all the talking heads, all the analysts, it, it's been a very weird year. So don't beat yourself up. Um, if you have, if you felt like you haven't quite gotten to the top yet, that time will come. So, all right. Thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for throwing in your two cents. And, uh, again, thanks for the, the help making sure we can have this dialogue right now. Definitely appreciate it. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Everything you said, love it. The really getting back to having some fun, taking the pressure off. I was talking about this with M Johnson. He had some uh, really good points in terms of, yeah, he's a golf guy and the, the importance of sometimes loosening up your, your swing and loosening up your, your grip and things like that can really, really help you hit the ball better. And uh, I, I probably butchered something that he explained quite a bit more eloquently, but the idea being when we're trying to force something and going at it really uh, with this kind of intensity, there's a difference between, you know, being intentional about working hard to get better at something and just trying too hard. Uh, and I kind of wanted to tie in bankroll stuff with this too because this is it's kind of like what i talked about last week and where results not panning out can get really frustrating is if you're continuing to see that tick down that's when you start making irrational decisions that's when you start chasing your losses and you know i'm sure venture to guess any of you that have spent enough time in this space uh, or gambling or betting in in any way, y- you know this because you've experienced it. Uh, you start to play more emotionally, and that's kind of why I shared what I did last week in terms of uh, my bankroll situation and and burning through a lot of that as quickly as I have this year. And that's you know contributed to taking this week off for myself. It was just like okay, I know this is fucking with me more than like it already feels bad, but I know it's messing with me even more. So uh, like beneath the surface. And so I'm going to take a little breather here and uh, just kind of like roll back into things. Uh, And that's, again, kind of like why I shared everything I did last week is just bankroll management and and being really realistic uh, about what that is. And and something that I you know acknowledged last week is is something that I've struggled with, um, not mightily, but definitely where I'm at in my my DFS career, so to speak, shouldn't be a thing that I am um, 
still having to struggle with as much on a weekly basis. So yeah, just keeping in mind, being very aware that the the number is uh, and you know <laughs> the seeing green or not green in DraftKings on a weekly basis can really really mess with where your head's at and if you're making plus EV decisions going forward. So well, I wanted to bring that in there as well. All right, guys. Uh, anybody else here got just a couple minutes time for like one more question or convo if we want. Otherwise, we'll kind of wrap today up. Anybody, anybody? Yeah, thanks guys for for hanging out today and engaging here. It's always really, really fun to be able to do this with you guys. That's why we uh, started this kind of space or initiative this year is to just really have a space where we can all learn and grow together. Like, obviously, we have the amazing content from everybody here at OWS, and we have this uh, Discord community. But to actually be able to, to hang out live and, and really um, dig into these things together can be really meaningful. And just another, another reminder, too, as I've really enjoyed talking to people in personal messages remember that or if you like remember how important it is to bounce your thoughts off of other people it's it can be hard to build in a in a vacuum so if you have people that either you know in this conversation that you're kind of vibing with or uh people that you're seeing in the the threads here in discord you're like oh that guy kind of like builds like me or he has similar thoughts to me or whatever uh like shoot each other a message and and start to throw thoughts back and forth with each other. I just talked to um, we were just talking yesterday to D and I and we were talking about uh, like building, bouncing uh, thoughts off each other and kind of like building in that way with friends, not like building the same lineup, but allowing that to be a part of our process and how beneficial that can be. Uh, so just kind of a, another reminder to if you are really struggling or feeling frustrated or just in general, always a good idea to find other people who uh, see things similarly to you or who build similarly and can have productive conversations or meaningful conversations with really, really helps. And if nothing else helps you not feel so alone when this shit doesn't go the way that you expect it to or that you want it to. Um, so yeah, thanks for hanging out y'all appreciate you guys excited to get back to things in a little bit more of a official capacity this week after a bye week for me. And, uh, with that, I hope to see y'all at the top of the leaderboards in week 11 later.